Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the college admissions process podcast. I am your host, John Durante. And I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insights straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions, regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given podcast episode You should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your proud host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Jessica Roth, who is the Assistant Director for Scholarships and Regional Recruitment. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. So why don't we start by just asking you, Tell us about yourself as it relates to being an admissions representative. So my journey started about uh, over 15 years ago at the rival school where I was an alumni. So (laughs) you see the diploma in the background, um, which is why I think my authentic kind of recruiting for the Gator Nation resounds so much because I'm not selling you on what I did, um, selling you on kind of what the actual experience that you find in the college choice at the University of Florida. So um, I've been in admissions uh, kind of that full time at both the flagship institutions as well as a state college here in Florida. So um, my favorite part is doing this, you know, getting that information to students. That's fantastic. And that's exactly why we're here. There are so (laughs) many students that want to be a Gator. So again, we can't thank you enough. And we look forward to this conversation. So in addition to the great weather, in addition to being a powerhouse in athletics, in addition to the fact that 97% of your freshman class returns each year, what is it about the University of Florida that makes it so appealing for students to want to attend? So this is where the magic comes together because it really is a bit of all of that. You have the best of all these worlds kind of coming together. We are a top five ranked public university. That elite academic kind of ranking does come with some serious benefits to the students. It's not just a a kind of a a fun talking point. (laughs) There are actual student outcomes and, uh, you know, starting salaries after graduation, job placement rates, student teacher ratios that are low. Um, and ways to explore your academic interests so that academic community is elite and top-notch. We're also a very affordable option. With that public mission, we want to make sure that it's still not outstanding, uh, even for my out-of-state or gators, 
two-thirds of our students graduate debt-free, meaning the wow. form of our financial aid doesn't come in the form of loans. Now, I'm not going to lie, we do still participate in the federal loan programs, but that's where we try to make that difference. Um, and then you have that vibrant campus life. You don't have a campus of 55,000 students with nothing going on. There is that energy on campus all day, every day, on the weekends, during uh, fall season, during the spring, even during the summer when some students are deciding to go off on a study abroad or uh, come take an internship back home, um, whether it's in New York or, you know, any other location they decide to go. Um, it's still that vibrancy. And then you're surrounded by the quintessential small college town of Gainesville. So the city supports the institution and the greater good or the gator good uh, that we're all doing uh, to make this world a better place. Terrific. And I have a neighbor who is a junior at uh, the University of Florida, currently studying in Rome, and absolutely loves being a gator. Everything that you Beautiful. described, the <laughs> camaraderie uh, with her peers on campus, um, the closeness to her professors, she really loves it and, you know, is enjoying a wonderful semester in Rome. We wish we were all there with her. Anyway, moving on, what is the average profile of the current freshman class in terms of their GPA and any other related data you collect, such as SAT or ACT scores? Mm -hmm. So I will say that this is uh, two days before our freshman decision release. So we're about to have new numbers for this <laughs> freshman class. Um, but last year's freshman class, the academic numbers that we saw were a recalculated, reweighted core academic GPA between a 4.4 and a 4.6. We had recalculated uh, or uh, super scored SATs between 1330 and 1470 and super scored ACTs between 30 and 34. Um, so However, that's not what we're using to review this year's class. So again, those are guidelines each year that we publish because everybody wants to know the GPA and test scores, um, but that's not the way we make our decisions. So because of our holistic review, what we're also taking into account is your full high school academic record. So yes, we are looking at the, those core academic subjects. We're looking at the curriculum that your school offers. So that's where our territory managers and kind of our insight into the schools and our partnership with your counselors, understanding what is available. So yes, we do like to see students with that academic curiosity and still balancing their success. So yes, we like um, A's, 90s and up. <laughs> we like to see those grades, but we like to see them also when you're um, through your academic record, trying the honors classes, the AP classes, um, things like that. And then we're looking at overall, when you had space in your schedule, did you keep going in an academic subject even though you didn't need to? Um, so it's one of those kind of balancing those factors as well as everything that you do outside of the classroom. So part of that application is looking at what do you engage in outside? Um, is it community service? Is it a sports team on your campus? Is it um, a student government? Is it a part-time job? Whatever it may be, we want to know who you are because you're not only be applying to come sit in our classrooms, you're applying to be a, a member of that vibrant campus community. And we want to see what that engagement in your context looks like. Well, that's great advice. And I appreciate that. 
what advice would you give a student if they actually fall a little lower than that middle 50% of the current freshman class average? Should they apply? Definitely. My uh, advice, and I think I actually put this on one of my profiles that was online one time, was like, if you don't apply, the answer is definitely no. So <laughs> Great if advice. It is, <laughs> so it, it, you, you do yourself no harm in throwing your hat into the ring. Um, because number one, it is not Hunger Games style, but we do look at um, the school context. And so sometimes it can depend on who else is applying. Now, Syasset High School and, you know, some others, we have some some very, you know, uh, good gator grounds up there. You guys have, have come <laughs> into the fold. Um, but it, it is more of a um, competitive review process. Uh, so there is that aspect of it. That's where the numbers help but they don't tell that whole story so my line is also usually if you're falling within those middle 50 percent it's not a guarantee that you're in and if you're falling outside of them it's not a guarantee that you're out but just understand that there's a fuller picture that we're looking at besides just those numbers so i always say apply and put your best foot forward in the, the application pieces that we're looking at What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to share that we've teamed up with Dormco to make your dorm decorating a lot easier. Why Dormco? They offer quality and durability, affordability, and a wide selection for bedding to storage solutions and everything in between for your dorm room. So if you or anyone you know is looking to decorate your dorm, see the affiliate partnership link in the show notes for Dormco, your one stop for stylish, affordable, and quality dorm essentials. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. Thank you all and best wishes. I see in your title as assistant director for scholarships and regional recruitment, obviously you must deal a lot with scholarships. So my next question is, what, what scholarships do you offer students applying to the University of Florida, and is it a separate application for any of them? Yes. Uh, so we offer uh, three tiers or three tiers of out-of-state scholarships uh, for students who will be classified as paying non-resident tuition, three tiers of scholarships for students who would be paying residential. So if anybody's got a Florida prepaid plan, you're still considered for one. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but we will review automatically. So there is not a separate application. The application to be reviewed for that is the one that we need for your admissions consideration uh, by that November 1st deadline. Um, and we review the same holistic manner that we just did for your admission. So we use the same information, nothing else is needed. After that, our financial aid office steps in and runs your full financial aid package. Then there's additional scholarships throughout the campus. Um, local, uh, the Gotham Gators will have um, alumni uh, groups offering scholarships that you can then apply to. And so those can stack on top of that. Fantastic. And thank you for that. So we always speak about the middle 50% in terms of current freshman classes, GPA, SAT, of course, ACT scores. Is there a metric you use to quantify the activities they've participated in, such as, like you mentioned, school clubs and other after-school activities, a part-time job? Um, and if not, how do you determine which activities are more important than others? You know, is it based on how long a student has been involved, let's say, in a certain school club, and whether they took any leadership roles or developed any initiatives? 
Yeah, definitely. All of that comes into play. So I think my biggest um, kind of ad advice or, or guidance on that piece is it is fully holistic. So it is the, you know, you have your quantitative, your numbers and your qualitative. It is really kind of reading through that. We read every single application um, multiple times <laughs> <laughs> um, when we're going through them. Um, so we are looking at the breadth and the depth of your activities. So sometimes it is you know, how many hours per week were you doing this one activity if that was, you know, kind of your your thing, but there's not like a, a metric for it. We're not expecting to see, well, we need to see at least five activities. That's not the way that we're looking at it. We're looking at that full contextual kind of picture of a student's experience during high school. With that being said, we do also have that asterisk over COVID year where nobody could do anything. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> so it wasn't like we were and you know saying, oh, well, they weren't involved in something all four years of their high school. Well, because we all got sent home for a little right. bit of time, right? Right. Uh, so yes. that is right. Very logical when we're reading through these. Um, and I will also say, I'm not sure how long the applications will do it, but they do have that COVID impact kind of question. So you can also give very specifics. Um, so we've had some students indicate, you know, I was, I had all these internships built up and then I couldn't do any of them. And so I've picked up and tried to do this or that. And so you can give that kind of context to it and a little bit more of that story. But it's really, there's not one activity that's more important to us because it's your story. Sorry, as a student. <laughs> uh, I'm used to, you know, uh, talking to the students sometimes about this one. Um, but it, it is the student story that we want to know about. And so that's really where it, it comes from. What is important to you? Um, and what have you, uh, what hours have you been spending? Is it, you know, a particular passion because you want to save puppies and kittens? And so everything is centered around that. Um, or you have a variety of interests. Both of those are valuable. Well, that's valuable insight. So thank you for that. And, you know, you mentioned the holistic process of the applications. I would imagine that you get tens of thousands of applications. I don't think you're reading every essay yourself. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so give us a little bit of insight in terms of how many teams there are, how many people are reviewing the application. Like, you know, what does it look like? How many people are actually reviewing the applications? Yeah, the applications are reviewed by admission staff. So all of the admissions officers, assistant directors, associate directors, directors um, in making that decision. So um, the the first read is usually is what we call kind of separate from your academics. When you hit submit on that application, it comes in and it starts the process. That's also why we can't change your application once you send it because it's already started down our, our path. Um, but at that point, it, it's read uh, one, two, three, four, multiple times by different people. Um, and yes, one of those is the territory manager that is assigned. Um, right now we're, we're shifting, so it's not always the same person year to year. Um, trying to get a New York regional rep hired. Hopefully we'll get you somebody. <laughs> um, but at that point, then we have different committees with um, then with the um, admissions officer, assistant director, associate directors, all represented. Um, so those shift around um, for those different perspectives. Well, thank you so much for that. Is the University of Florida test optional? No, we need test scores. So we are governed by the uh, state of Florida Board of Governors. Um, so all the state university systems, we have to have a test score. 
Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. How often should a student visit the campus? And do you keep track of such things, whether in person or virtual, you know, to try to determine their intent to come to the University of Florida? So we do keep track of it simply because we do want to know how much students are, you know, valuing the different sessions or different campus tours, different opportunities that we have, but it does not play a role in our admissions consideration. We don't take what is that is considered that demonstrated interest. We don't um, say, oh, well, this student has emailed me twice and came to a campus visit versus this student who didn't get the opportunity to come because the schedule they were too busy with their classes right so there's we don't feel like that is in a um something that impacts how well we think you can be a successful freshman with our class um now that being said visiting campus is a wonderful way to know if you would feel at home here um and we think you'll love it uh, <laughs> but uh that's that's really based on what you are able to do and we want to make sure that that um is a good experience for you and you're not stressing about is this going to make or break my you know admissions well that's good to know a lot of students obviously and their families are listening so that's very good to know because a lot of people apply to the university of florida from out of state and like mm -hmm. you said it might not be so simple for them to travel um, so thank you again for that information so if a student is serious about attending what can they do to make that known to the admissions counselor? In other words, should they send an email? Uh, you know, when is it too much? What's the right balance? Well, it, so because we don't take it into consideration, you don't really have to. We are here uh, as a resource for students and families to ask your questions, to help you navigate that process because each college university is different as you're <laughs> discovering, right? And, and going through these things. Um, and we know that it's hard to keep it all straight. So that's, I think, our biggest role is we are here to help and support your family and your student kind of going through this, but you don't have to. Um, and it's and it's also not going to be a detriment either. So don't, you know, kind of take it that pendulum swing that far. Um, but no, you know, if you say I have to send, you know, this email to say that I'm interested. No, you, that's one of those things you can leave leave the stress leave it just deep breath be like okay now if you are really interested we have some different summer programs that you could come and do and actually engage on campus and yes we love to read about that in the application but we also love to read if you went to MIT's summer program so it's it, that's where the rivalries don't really count it's more about <laughs> what is your you know college going mindset what have you done to prepare what have you been doing that engagement piece that we're more interested in than have you been wearing orange and blue? <laughs> we'll get you in the orange and blue. Don't worry. <laughs> well, that's great advice. And thank you again. What about students that might have had an IEP or a 504 in high school? What services do you offer them once they're on campus? So it will be once you get on campus. Uh, so I'm going to kind of start with the application piece and move in. Uh, during our application process, we do want to know that full context, but we don't ask a specific question about that because that's it, it's not anything for you. That is a, a resource and accommodations to have you be as successful as possible. And so we're reviewing that application. If you choose to have that incorporated into part of your story uh, that you're relaying in that application, then that just gives us more of that context. If you are admitted, if you decide to join our freshman class, then 
once you're a student, we connect you with our Disability Resource Center, um, better name, Accessibility <laughs> Resource Center, to align those accommodations uh, so that you're also supported here, um, whether it's uh, something that you need uh, day in, day out, whether it's testing accommodation, whether it is just in case you need it. I'm a diabetic, so you, you know maybe I need something for my, my blood sugars, you know, if it happens. Different levels of that. We're here to support our students to be as successful as possible because we like some of those statistics, <laughs> like that freshman retention rate and that 89% graduation rate. <laughs> those are great numbers, absolutely great numbers. And again, thank you for uh, your insight. How important are students' grades in senior year? Can a student's grades in senior year make you change your mind regarding their admission status? The fun part of that one that students are always um, a little nervous about because the senior year grades don't get calculated into the admissions GPA. So that's finish strong junior year for that GPA. But what we do look at is that anticipated schedule. That's why we ask, what are you planning to take? And we want to see through the end of your senior year to that graduation date, because we are looking at those academic units, the rigor of those, um, whether you've you know ramped up in, in kind of that rigor. We do uh, want students to view it as a ramping up to join our academic community. So the fun part is, we will then need your final transcripts. Again, if you're admitted, if you decide to join our freshman class, and if we see your senior year, um, you know that little phrase, senioritis, that's where you could get a call from me because I had that committee and say, why did these grades drop two or three grade, you know, in, in four different subjects? Or why did you drop out of all of these rigorous classes? And it could actually um, rescind your offer of admission. Very interesting, and I hope the students and parents are listening specifically to that. So again, students, a common theme in the podcast, you got to put your best foot forward, not only in your freshman, sophomore, and junior year, but it's got to continue for your four years of high school. So thank you for that, Jessica. I really appreciate it. And in closing, what are the three top pieces of advice or recommendations you would give to students and their parents getting ready to go through the college application process? Number one, uh, keeping your different school choices uh, organized. Each of us may have different deadlines, different uh, pieces of information that we're looking for. So, you know, University of Florida application opens, we have November 1st application deadline, December 1st self-reported academic record, December 15th test scores. Then our decisions are available on the fourth Friday in February. Different schools may do the rolling, different schools may want you know, the letters of recommendation by a, a particular date. They may want everything. Um, I think FSU does, you know, if you get everything by the deadline, then your decision is available. There's so many different ways that we do this that your organization will help because ultimately with yes, over 50,000 applications, someone missing a deadline just because they didn't keep track of it isn't going to change what we will be able to do with that. Um, so number one is organization. Number two is knowing that this is that journey of finding where that good fit for your student is. 
Um, so yes, we're D1 athletics and yes, you may be cheering in the swamp, but that's really not the core of what you're coming to college for. You can still cheer for, for us um, or you could still cheer for your Bulldogs or your Seminoles if you're on our campus, like it makes it fun. Uh, so I, I really encourage students to think about that academic uh, core because that's what you're coming to school for. Um, right. So just kind of keeping that journey in mind as well. Um, and number three, like balance that with enjoying your senior year. This is kind of that culmination. You've been working hard for this. Don't slack off but enjoy it um, right. and then know that the best college years are coming. Um, so kind of still that, that um, enjoyment and, and celebration of that culmination of all your hard work. That's great advice. You mentioned the SRAR, self-reported yes. academic recording. Could you just elaborate on that a little bit in terms of what it looks like for students getting ready to go through the application process? Of course. So a couple of different schools use this uh, third party system. Uh, so instead of accepting transcripts from uh, your counselors, they're off the hook for us, um, <laughs> then students are recommended to get an unofficial transcript. It's a third party system that students are responsible for putting in the academic subjects that they took from high school units. So if you've got started in middle school, still use those uh, high school units count, uh, putting in those uh, classes you took, the, the grade you got and the rigor to those classes. So again, if, if you know, ninth grade English was honors, you get that. Um, and then that links back, you link that back to your application with us. So it is not the application itself where it's asking for coursework. It right. is a separate system that you get a link to on our, um, once you submit your application, links you over to that to link it back because we can't make it simple. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that because I know a lot of students getting ready to actually go through the application process are listening, again, along with their parents, and they just might not be familiar with that. And, you know, having gone through it two times with my daughters, uh, some schools use it, others don't. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not a one size fits all. So we appreciate that. And I want to thank you, Jessica, for your time today. You were awesome. And go Gators. Thank you so <laughs> much. And uh, wishing you continued success. Thank you. Go Gators. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to announce that we've teamed up with some fantastic affiliate partners to further enhance your overall college journey. So do you or someone you know need stylish dorm decor, trendy college apparel, or top-notch test prep? Whether it's creating a cozy home away from home, flaunting the latest in college apparel, or securing top-notch test prep help, we've got you covered. Check out our affiliate links in the show notes within each of these categories, which we believe will help you, our listeners. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast does get a small commission. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit you, our listeners. So check out the links in the show notes and share with anyone you think may benefit. 
Thank you all and best wishes.